this is The Space Shot, episode 296 for March 6th, 2018. Dawn at Ceres and the Kepler Space Telescope. I'm John Molnix. We're just a few days away from hitting episode 300. I would love if you could share this podcast with your friends and family. I'm producing more and more original content, and I'd love to share it with even more people. If you share the space shot on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, heck, even old-fashioned email, between now and Saturday, March 10th, I have a space shot mission patch that I'll be sending you. I'll share some of the concept art for this patch later in the week so you can get a taste of what's to come. So share away, tag me in a post, send me a screenshot, whatever you have to do, don't delay, share today. Emily from Ireland is the latest person to share the podcast with her friends. Thanks for helping spread the word, Emily. On March 6, 2009, a United Launch Alliance Delta II rocket carried the Kepler Space Telescope into orbit. At the beginning of its mission, Kepler searched the skies for nearby exoplanets that orbit stars that are like our sun. Scanning the habitable zone of sun-like stars has yielded incredible results over the Kepler mission and later the K-2 mission. There are two missions and one spacecraft due to a problem that Kepler experienced with some of its reaction wheels. Reaction wheels control the orientation of a spacecraft, a critical feature for a telescope designed to scan certain parts of the sky continuously for long periods of time. Losing two reaction control wheels could have ended the mission. Thankfully, the K-2 mission was proposed, and it was designed to use the two functioning reaction wheels and thrusters to study smaller red dwarf stars. During the primary Kepler mission, there were 2,341 confirmed exoplanets discovered by the spacecraft. 30 of those are less than twice the size of Earth and orbit stars in the habitable zone. These planets range from about 12 light-years away from Earth to thousands of light-years away. If you're not sure what a light-year is, no worries, it's not a measure of time, it's a measure of distance that's a representation of how far light can travel in one year. If you were to measure a light-year out with conventional units of measurement you're familiar with, it would be about 5.9 trillion miles or 9.5 trillion kilometers. And here I was thinking I was putting some serious miles on my Honda. During the K-2 mission, another 307 exoplanets have been confirmed, an impressive number that's bound to grow. Kepler and the K-2 mission have also discovered 5,237 candidate exoplanets. These candidate exoplanets haven't been confirmed, but follow-on observations and study should yield more information that can show that these candidates are either truly planets or not. One last note for this mission, the candidate and confirmed exoplanet numbers I shared are current as of February 23rd, 2018, the last time the Kepler website was updated. Check out the show notes for more on that website. Now, for some strange new worlds that are a bit closer to home. The Dawn spacecraft entered orbit around Ceres on March 6, 2015. Ceres is a dwarf planet that was discovered in 1801 by Italian astronomer Father Giuseppe Piazzi. 
series is 590 miles or about 950 kilometers across and it represents 25% of the total mass of the asteroid belt. There's evidence that water exists on Ceres, which is pretty amazing. Another remarkable thing about Ceres is how much water could exist in this rocky world. Quote, Scientists using the Herschel Space Observatory found evidence for water vapor on Ceres. The vapor may be produced by cryovolcanoes or by ice near the surface, which sublimates, transforming from solid to gas, this proves that Ceres has an icy surface and an atmosphere as well. Astronomers estimate that if Ceres were composed of about 25% water, it may have more water than all the fresh water on Earth. Ceres water, unlike Earth's, would be in the form of water ice and located in the mantle, which wraps around the dwarf planet's solid core. It's pretty amazing to think that a small body like that could hold more fresh water than we have here on Earth. Reaching Ceres was just one part of Dawn's mission. The spacecraft first arrived at Vesta and explored that smaller body for 14 months. Using a unique xenon-ion propulsion system enabled Dawn to explore two worlds, becoming the first spacecraft to orbit two interplanetary bodies. Previous spacecraft that have encountered other planets or small bodies in our solar system have performed flybys, but Dawn's ion engine gave scientists the capability to explore those two worlds from orbit. I'm linking to some videos on the Dawn mission in the show notes, so be sure to check them out. I know a number of you enjoy using the show notes for resources for teaching. If you're a listener that has yet to check out the show notes, you're missing out on some fantastic information that I just can't pack into a short episode. I have one birthday to mention before I go for tonight's episode. On March 6, 1937, cosmonaut Valentina Tereshkova was born. She was the first woman in space, and I talked about that flight way back in episode 33. Be sure to check it out if you're new to the podcast. I'd be incredibly grateful if you could share the space shot with your friends and family. Tag someone you know and let them know about your favorite episode. I'd also really appreciate it if you could venture into the Apple Podcasts app or your podcast app of choice and leave a review for the space shot. A steady stream of reviews helps ensure the space shot is more visible in the Apple Podcasts app. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search The Space Shot or click the link in the show notes and you'll find me. Tomorrow's episode is a bit longer. I'm sharing the latest Cosmosphere podcast in the Space Shot podcast feed, so don't miss it. We're talking revitalization of the museum, plus some history behind the collection at the Cosmosphere. I'm John Mulnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.